Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow. All in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Hello and welcome to Ascent Dental Radio, a program dedicated to the balance between the clinical aspect of healthcare and the business of healthcare. And now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin Coughlin. Welcome. My name is Dr. Kevin Coughlin, and you're listening to Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on education, knowledge, training, and development. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Mr. David Wolf. Without his expertise, these podcasts would not be possible. And I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Patterson Dental, Henry Schein, and Vocal Company for providing the best supplies, expertise, training, and education. And I'm greatly appreciated for their sponsorship. Today, we have a guest, Ryan Kelly, and his company is Practice Exchange. We've had him on a previous podcast. And the response was excellent. And I think this is an excellent time to bring Ryan in to tell more about his company, Practice Exchange, and what his company is doing for the dental business, the dental profession, and how he can help dentists buy and sell dental practices. Our last podcast focused on really selling the practice, and uh, perhaps Ryan can talk about buying practices. Ryan, thank you so much for spending time tonight with me. I really appreciate the expertise your company does and you taking the time to speak to my audience. Why don't you give a little bit of a background on your company again, so some of the listeners who may not be familiar with Practice Exchange, you can introduce yourself and your practice uh, to our listeners. All right. Hey, well, Kevin, thank you for having me back. Uh, I really appreciate that. Um, So I'm a practice sales consultant at Practice Exchange and pretty straightforward. What we do is we help dentists buy and sell practices nationwide. So if you're a dentist and you're looking to buy or sell maybe today, tomorrow, five years down the road, definitely check us out. We'd be happy to help you. Uh, We offer free consultation, uh, free practice appraisals, and we're pretty much all over the map. So uh, if you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Well, Ryan, 
I believe from our previous podcast, you've had over 3,000 uh, transactions in your 30-year career, perhaps even more than that. And that's quite astounding. And you're located in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, correct? Yeah, so we're located in Providence. Um, our team has done over 3,000 practice transitions. We're very experienced. We've um, we've done them everywhere, too. That's the thing. We are located in Providence, Rhode Island, but I would just like to emphasize we have done them everywhere. And we do have the ability to replicate that and help anybody anywhere. So, uh, yeah, we have done 3,000 of them. Well, that's uh, it's a credit to you and your company and your team uh, that uh, I think perhaps some of the most stressful things and perhaps some of our largest assets is our practice. And I know in our last podcast, you didn't diss uh, managed service organizations or dental service organizations, but you simply said that your niche is these elite practices that are 750000 to over a million dollars. And these practices, uh, the owners are preferably would like to sell to another individual practice. Obviously, managed service organizations are most likely here to stay. And we're not here on this particular podcast to say up, down, good, bad. They're just another entity out there that our profession will deal with. And like any business, there's some excellent strong points and there's some weaker points. And my job is to teach our audience the good and the not so good points so they're making informed decisions. That last podcast, we sort of focused in on the dentist that was interested in selling their practice. And you took us through the fact that your company will do a free appraisal and educate that doctor on basically what is the cash flow. And the better the cash flow and the higher the cash flow, the greater the amount they'll most likely get for the sale of their practice. I'd like to reverse tonight's conversation and let's focus on the dentists that are listening tonight that might want to buy a dental practice. Uh, what specifically as a buyer should they be looking at? Well, it starts, there's a first essential question that they have to ask themselves. Uh, the, and it's simple. Are they looking for one of those elite practices that we, that you, that you mentioned grossing over 750,000 uh, kind of a turnkey operation, or are they looking to get a practice for a, I hate using the word cheaper, but a less expensive, Let's say less expensive, a less expensive price. And then, growing that operation. Uh, if they have to have a real understanding of what situation they're looking to step into. They don't wanna just be looking at every practice. You have to have an idea of what kind of practice you wanna own. And if you don't have that idea, you're not ready to own. You should not be looking to buy it unless you know what you're looking for. And I suppose what you're looking for also depends on the locality. Do you wanna be in the city? Do you wanna be in the suburbs? Do you wanna be in the country? Do you want uh, multiple operatories, six, seven, or eight operatories? Are you looking at three or four? Do you want to own the real estate or do you want to lease the real estate? Is the equipment going to be comfortable for you to go in as a turnkey or do you have to look at future investments in new equipment, renovations? Why don't we talk a little bit about the practice it's leased? Are there some tidbits, some uh, bits of information that you would suggest to an owner when they're looking at a practice, but that practice real estate is not owned by the owner, it's leased. 
Are you looking to make sure that that lease is, let's say, seven years, that there's an automatic renewal? Are there some uh, bits of information that the novice buyer could probably shed some light on so that they can avoid some mistakes? Yeah, so a, a novice buyer, when they buy a practice and if they get bank financing, banks are gonna wanna see 15 years on a lease if they don't own the real estate. So whatever company you work with and whoever your broker is, they should be helping you and helping the selling doctor establish, uh, we usually do a five-year lease with two options to renew with the current landlord. So for any deal to go through, there needs to be at least 10 to 15 years. We usually see 15, some banks will do 10. We have a guaranteed lease so that they feel comfortable lending the money. Typically in these leases, do you look at uh, including camp charges, common area maintenance? Uh, is that something that uh, concerns you that you would inform the buyer? Or uh, what are your thoughts on common area maintenance? And also what are your thoughts does that lease go up based on consumer price index? Does that lease go up on just cost of living? What are some of the things that this buyer should be concerned with when they're looking at this potential 15-year lease with uh, three, five-year periods? Oh, d- definitely security. Um, my recommendation to any, any potential buyer is to have their lawyer read over the agreement. Uh, one thing that I really I really like to emphasize is that I don't know everything. Uh, in terms of how the lease has increased, I'm pretty sure it correlates with inflation. But uh, the, the, in terms of like the, techni- the techni- technical parts of the lease agreement, I don't want to sit here and act like I know exactly everything that I'm talking about. I, my, my, my end of it is you kind of, you secure the 15 years, you want to secure the 15-year lease, you want to have your legal, your, your, your lawyer look over the agreement, and uh, make sure they they're okay with it, and then you have to be okay with the situation and feel comfortable with it. And uh, that's the advice that I would that I can give. I don't really have too too much on that. Well, let's go to a different topic, but same particular area. Let's say this buyer is now looking at a practice where the owner owns the real estate. Do you suggest that that be done as a separate transaction? Do you include that as one big package for financing? Uh, what's your recommendation and strategies for that buyer uh, looking at a practice where the owner uh, owns the real estate and the intention is to sell the real estate along with the practice? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, ideally, we would our company would be selling the real estate and the practice at the same time. So we would close it all on the same day. And then uh, what we would do is, you know, we would work with the buyer and get bank financing for the, for the building. Uh, we usually able to get them 80% bank financing and then a hundred percent bank financing for the practice. So all a buyer would need just so that our listeners out there, uh, they would need 20% of the real estate price. And then they would be able to, um, they would have to put that money down at closing and then they would be able to purchase the practice and the real estate at the same time. And that's something that we recommend to the buyers that we work with because, uh, you know, in, in 30 years from now, when they want to sell, when they want to sell the practice that they built up, uh, it would be nice if over the last 30 years they paid off that building with the practice and now they get to sell that too. And it's kind of a, a double whammy. We like to call it when we're talking to the uh, the younger guys and gals. 
Now, when you say you strive for the bank to finance 100% of the practice, Mm -hmm. not the real estate, but of the practice, do you recommend that on a five-year note, a seven-year note, a 10-year note, 15-year note? What's your recommendation? We recommend it on a 10-year note every single time. Um, And do you recommend fixed, floating, a combination of both, or you take it depending on the circumstances? The interest rate? Yes. Oh, fixed. You always want a fixed interest rate. So you want to get a fixed interest rate and you want to get, I mean, with us, 100% bank financing on the practices that we represent. Perfect. But mind you, these these practices all cash flow. So, uh, you know, that what we, what we were speaking about on our previous uh, podcast about the cash flow, mo- most of the practices that, that you'll find um, being marketed do cash flow. And uh, those are the ones they're able to get the bank financing on. Okay. Now, uh, when you're doing these typical, if there's such a thing, transactions, is the bank asking for collateral? Do they want that potential buyer to assign accounts receivable? Do they want to take a second on a mortgage? Uh, Are they looking for uh, family members to co-sign? Or because the cash flow is basically based on the purchase price and the cash flow supports that purchase price, that a potential buyer can walk in, sign some papers, and walk out with a business without encumbering family members or tying up other potential assets that they have. You know, when you make it sound like that, you make it sound so easy, just walk in and sign some papers, but uh, you kind of are hitting the nail on the head. You know, banks are gonna check credit scores. They want to see at least a 650 most of the time. Most of the banks that I talk to are looking to see at least a 650. But, you know, besides that, these investments, uh, the, the banks really are looking to uh, finance. And I don't mean to call a practice an investment, but, you know, when you're buying something for $500,000, whether you want to admit it or not, that's an investment to you. And uh, these banks realize that these are really reliable investments from their, from their point of view. So, yeah, you know, we... Um, we do see that if they have a good credit score and sometimes uh, if they have a great credit score, they can get incredible rates and get the full financing without really having much um, in terms of putting up much. Perfect. Uh, if you don't mind, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but is is your business focused on, quote, a commission? Is it a flat rate? Do you break it down into different entities? But let's just say practice A is selling and it's sold for $1 million. Do you take 1%, 20%, something in between? How does that work in your industry? What's considered, let's say, quote, a standard? So a standard, it's so hard to say, and I don't wanna sound like a politician beat around the bush on the answer, but it all comes down, at least the way our company works. It comes down to the practice that we're dealing with and the individual that we're dealing with and how much time and money is on our ends going to go into selling the practice. But uh, I will give you a, a range. It can go anywhere from, you know, I hear some competitors are as low as 6% commission on the sale price. Uh, typically we operate between eight and 10% depending on how big the practice is. But with that being said, there's um, exceptions to every rule in every situation. Now with your expertise, in the last five years, how long does it take to sell, quote, 
an elite practice with gross revenues of between 750 and 1.5 million. Once you've got all the paperwork done and your team starts to market that practice, is it basically on the market for three months, three years? On average, what do you normally see? And I know there's a multitude of factors, but let's just say on average, what what do you expect the length of time for our listeners uh, before that transaction would be complete? See, that's a fantastic question. And with that question, um, I can kind of give you a couple different examples. Uh, you know, we had a practice in Boston that uh, was right in that range, the Boston area, the Metro Boston area, that's right in that $1 million to $1.5 million range. And when you launch a practice like that in a, in a city, the, uh, the amount of potential buyers that you get is absurd. You have, you have, you feel like every dentist in the area is calling you about it. And that's just kind of going back to how there's a limited supply of these practices. So for a practice, let's say outside of a city in a nice suburb that's doing those kind of numbers, oof, three, you could close a deal in three months. The doctor could be calling us and then three months later they could be on the beach in Hawaii. That's a nice segue, Ryan. Do you recommend or do you advise your company for that seller to stay on for six months, 12 months, a year? And I know your company will also work out independent contractors, employment agreements. I would assume that goodwill is still a large part of the purchase price and a dentist willing to stay on to make sure his team or her team stays with the company and uh, gets an introduction to the patient base uh, is obviously potentially favorable than just collecting a check and walking out the front door the next day. Yeah. So that's another great question. Um, The thing with that is the way our company works is the buying doctor will know whether or not the seller wants to stay on and they have to going back to, what I, how I kind of, how we started this podcast about how the buying doctor needs to know what they're looking for. Are they looking to have the doctor stick around for a year, two years, three years? One of the main deal uh, things that we offer to doctors looking to sell their practice and buy people looking to buy a practice really seem to like this to um, as well is, you know, in year one, the selling doctor would stay on, let's say two days a week, year two, maybe cut back to a day and a half a week. And then year three, they're really starting to phase out, only working one day a week. Uh, what we recommend is that a doctor would stick around for at least six months for the transition period. So um, I might have been getting ahead of myself a little bit saying that the doctor would be on their beach in Hawaii. Uh, we, can, we can make those kind of deals happen, but we recommend that um, a doctor sticks around for at least six months, cultivate the relationships, and really transition the practice as well as the staff, make everyone feel comfortable. Because uh, you have to have a win-win scenario when you're doing these. That's the only way that everyone walks away happy. You got to have the selling doctor very happy. You have to have the buying doctor very uh, very happy. And I know you mentioned goodwill. I just want to throw this in there because I don't think I mentioned it previously. When you sell a practice, 85 to 90% of that is allocated to goodwill for tax purposes for anyone out there who might be interested in that. 
Well, I know it's important and with a company, with your reputation and the number of years in this business, sometimes I think when I'm dealing with younger doctors in my consulting business, many times they're focused on the price and sometimes they'd be better off focusing on the tax consequences. And in my opinion, I always say the same thing. It's not what you spend, but it's that cash flow that you get. So, so many times I'll hear a young man or young woman say, well, I can get the practice for 200,000. And I go, if there's zero cash flow profit, you're potentially wasting 200,000. You'd be better off spending a million dollars with an office that can throw off the cash to put about $250,000 in your pocket and pay down debt. And uh, with a company, like I said, with your reputation and knowledge, hopefully you can help our listeners either make a decision to sell and how to sell or to buy and how to buy. I can't thank you enough for your expertise, but before we come to a close, is there a way that people can reach out uh, and the best way to reach you, either by cell, phone, website, or a combination? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for having me again. And I just want to say one thing, uh, that point you just made about the cash flow, that that it's coming from a man who owned 17 practices at one, at one point in their career. Uh, you're spot on right there. That, it's all about buying the cash flow. You know, the price matters, but um, these really elite practices, if you're, if, you're a, if you're out there and you're a sole practitioner and you have an opportunity to get your hands on one of them, uh, you really should highly consider it, consider the situation. But in terms of how to reach us, if you want to go to Google, Google Practice Exchange will pop right up. Our 800 number is 800 786 1389. Uh, you can try me on my personal cell anytime. My number is 401-378-1036. We'd be happy to help anybody. And um, thank you very much again, Kevin. It's my pleasure. I can just close this by saying I've been a general dentist for 38 years. I still practice full time. I'm happy to say that my 38 years, I've only missed a half a day of practice. So I've been healthy. I still work like an animal. I still enjoy it. And I've had experience with managed service organizations, dental service organizations. I've purchased existing practices, de novo practices. But I want to make the point that I always thought I knew enough to do it on my own. And I've consistently made a similar mistake. And I hope my listeners don't. Hire experts. Hire experts that do this for a living. No matter how smart I think I am, no matter how much experience I think I have, there's groups out here like Practice Exchange that know far more. And in my opinion, it's time and effort well spent. You've been listening to Ascent Dental Solutions with a focus on knowledge, education, uh, training, and development. I want to thank my special guest, Ryan Kelly at Practice Exchange, for his time and expertise. And I would strongly recommend to our listeners to reach out. They're offering a free appraisal. Take advantage of this. Don't wait till the last minute and make some serious mistakes. There's no reason for it in today's day and age. Be smart. It's a big proposition. They have the expertise, the knowledge, and the training to do things the right way and get you the best results. I want to thank our podcast, Mr. David Wolf, for his expertise. Without that expertise, these podcasts wouldn't be possible. And once again, thanks so much to our sponsors, Demand Force, Henry Schein, Patterson, and Vocal.
without their expertise and knowledge, also these podcasts wouldn't be uh, possible. Thanks again for listening. I look forward to talking to you real soon. And again, a special shout out to Ryan Kelly and Practice Exchange. Thanks so much for everybody's help. See you soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.